everyone. We want to hear from you. This podcast is all about us right now, but we want to bring you, the listener, into it more. Uh, so we'd love to hear from you any friendship-related stories that you have. It can be a really great meet-cute, a moment that a friend really stuck their neck out for you that you'll never forget, a crazy story of a night out, anything like that. We want to bring that into the podcast. You can write to us, thenoshpodcast at gmail.com. You can send us a DM at the Nosh Podcast on Instagram or Twitter, whatever works for you. Uh, we'd love to hear from you and we'll read it on an upcoming episode. You can always count on me and I can count on you. Good times, bad times in between. But friends will see me through. Say hello to your friends. The Nosh Podcast. Say hello to the people who care. Nothing's better than friends. The Nosh Podcast. Because you know that your friends are always there. Welcome back, everybody, to the Nosh Podcast. Let's be friends. I'm Chelsea. I'm Sarah. Ooh. And I'm Natasha. I'm Sarah. <laughs> Are you guys in a fight? No. Good. Let's Is that the podcast? Was that funny though, or a bad joke? <laughs> I think so. I mean, we could ask our Instagram audience. Okay, Did you think so funny? Yes or no? I mean, it seemed charming. It was like, you're both enthusiastic. You're so enthusiastic that you wanted to say it at the same time. Yeah, We've I been getting I'm- like really good engagement on Instagram. So I think that would be a really good question to ask. Wait, think- sorry, what's your name? Oh, my name? Oh. <laughs> she said it already. I know, but I like cut you off both times. So I didn't know if you wanted like free space to say your name. My name is Natasha. 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 <laughs> um we have this like running joke about what is the show called it's from the south uh south what is that called the guy's name is chris lily and he's australian and he had a recent netflix special called i do not idiots idiocrats it was something like that ludicrous ludicrats Noshheads, if you remember, write to us because we're not going to check on Google. It's from the uh, Summer Heights High guy. Whose name is Chris Lilly. And he's from Australia. Um, and also Jamee, private school girl. Um, and Jonah from Tonga, which was really problematic because he wore a brown face. And he's a really interesting figure. Anyway. Well, that was all in Summer Heights High, right? True. Yeah. Well, Jamee, no, those two were spinoffs. Jamee, private school girl. Oh, they did spinoffs of that also. Anyway, but I swear it's called like ludicrous people or like idiot. Dumb fucks. It's something, it is something. <laughs> it's anyway, there's a character who like loves an aardvark. Mm-hmm. She had an aardvark as a pet, as a kid, and then became like a famous animal whisperer. And then as an adult was like, I got to go back to the Serengeti Plains where I grew up to find my aardvark pet, whose name is Natasha. So she goes out like to the middle of like the fields of Africa and is like, Natasha, 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 mommy's here for you. (laughs) Natasha. Like she just says Natasha like a million different ways. And so... (laughs) when you say it to Natasha and at first you hated it but how do you feel about it now 
It's sweet. I think it's sweet. We broke you down. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm glad you don't do it like a million times in a row. You like just... we did when we first figured it out. Yeah, I think that helps that you just stop <laughs> after the first one. I, I think that helps me. So if we do it like once a month, then it kind of like hits. You're like, oh yeah, that is funny. Oh, even if we you do it every time you see me, that's fine. But as oh. long as you're not screaming it forever, then that's that's good. Cool. I'm glad uh, we established these boundaries. How uh, do you think that's enough chit chat for the day? <laughs> I think so. I mean, <laughs> do we have new? I mean, I feel like we do have personal news, but I don't know if um, I feel comfortable sharing it with our audience. Okay, I don't even know. Really? <laughs> tell us more. Yeah, we tell, what's but your tell personal us. Um, well, I mean, you guys know that I set boundaries with a man this week. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. Great. That was something I've probably never done in my life. Um, but there's like this guy that I have a crush on, and sometimes Sometimes, you know, sometimes we sex, sometimes things get a little personal. And he told me that he is abstinent and not looking for a relationship right now. So I told him that if you're going to be abstinent and not look for a relationship, then we can't talk sexy talk anymore. It was really, really hard. Good job, Chelsea. I like it. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. But I think I'm like clearing the way for more positive things. Just like I cleaned my closet today. That's my other big piece of news. Super personal big old closet purge. I recommend it. Visitors. <laughs> visitors. Did you say visitors? Yeah, that's what we call them <laughs> in the museum world. We call them visitors. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, I'm purging my closet. I'm purging all of the shit in my love life that is not working for me to just make room for better stuff. I'm this close to throwing a lot of my clothes out in my closet because I'm like, I'm never going to wear you again. What is this dress? I have I don't have any occasions. <laughs> I can't even fathom like wearing this again. <laughs> My entire work wardrobe, I was like, I love these, but I never, I mean, I didn't throw them out, but I was just like, when am I going to wear these again? Yeah. It's just like reserves for an unknown future. Ooh, that's like a nice novel name. That's Reserve my novel. For an unknown future. My my personal news actually is that I'm writing a novel. It's called Reserves for an Unknown Future. Um, I actually just got a publishing contract. So pretty excited. Pretty excited about that. It sort of just seemed like you made that up like right now as you we were talking. But Well, some, some people will really believe in me. And that maybe I sort of inspired it. So I should probably get like... <laughs> I'll give you some residuals... Is that how that works in the novel industry? <laughs> sure. And I mean, I'm going to like, you know, count this as our contract. So <laughs> you have it recorded. <laughs> you can't go back on your word. Okay. Well, should we get into it? Yeah. Hey, let's yeah do do you not have any personal news? Me? No. What's the most personal thing that happened to you this week? You I haven't had personal one? news in like 10 months. Wait, what about our sponsor, um, Naked Underwear or whatever it's called? Negative underwear. Well, I was really waiting for them to have a sale and they have a shitty sale. None What's of the things the they want are on sale. Hmm. So well, maybe if they'd really do sponsor us, we could get some for free. <laughs> yeah. They don't seem like the sponsoring type. I feel like they would never sponsor anyone. Which really makes it like 
okay, right? Because they're not just not sponsoring us. They just don't seem like they would sponsor people. Oh, if they sponsored someone, it would definitely be us. Yes. I feel like that's why they're called negative underwear because of their negative attitude about (laughs) For sure. (laughs) I get those ads on Instagram so much. I, it's because the, um, unless I'm confusing it with other underwear brands, which I probably am, but I get so many underwear. They're like brands on Instagram. Is, are their bras like sheer? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's like very, uh, it's, it's nice. It looks really comfortable, but um, kind of like, how does this get past like the Instagram lot? Well, there are no, you know, no nipples free the hashtag free the nipple, but there are none. Sheer, so. There are no nipples. It's like just, you know, artfully cut. So it doesn't have that part. No. It's just the curvature of the breast. No. Why are we here? I don't know. Are you writing a second novel? The yeah, actually, this the that's my follow-up novel, Curvature of the Breast. <laughs> um, it's, I'm really excited to write it after my first one. The residual. Reserved for an unknown future. Wow. Okay. Well, uh, (laughs) I'm really excited about this episode. Um, We have a very special guest. My step-sibling, Leia, is here with us today, calling in from New York last minute. Thank you so much for joining us. Hello. Here I am. Is COVID still in New York? Yeah. Bigger by the day. Looming. Bigger Bigger and better better. than ever, would you say? Yeah. (laughs) Would I say that? Not for sure. (laughs) So um, to start, it would be lovely for you both to share your origin story, which actually I know this story or I feel like Sarah has told and retold (laughs) the origins of her family (laughs) to me so many times. So I think it would be really great for us to start there. Yeah, we have an interesting family. And this is a fun episode because it's the first one that we're doing with a family member rather than a friend, a friendly member. Yeah, Yeah, I feel like given that we are still family and we are no longer related by blood or marriage, I feel like that counts as friend family. I mean, yeah, I guess at this point we really are just friends. (laughs) That's a great I don't know about that. (laughs) And you don't necessarily have to be. Yeah. So do you remember when you first met each other? <laughs> I was two, so I don't, but I remember hearing about it. What have you heard about it? Well, I've seen that photo of me on like the slide with your dad the first time I met him. I don't actually know when I met you, how long after that. I don't do know either, but I always said that you were two and I was seven, which actually doesn't make sense because we're yeah, because we're six, six years, years apart. apart. <laughs> 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 so you must have been here maybe you're five and a half years apart no we're, we're like exactly like six years apart. yeah <laughs> Leia was born on can I say your birthday on air sure yeah <laughs> I'll get presents maybe uh, yeah, send presents it's coming up uh December 28th and mine is January 1st so we're pretty much exactly six years apart. wow yeah do you feel like you're very similar like in zodiac ways I feel like I'm a hundred percent like capital C Capricorn and I feel like Sarah is a Capricorn if you like really look for it. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. But I feel like that is something that 
was spoken a lot about when we were younger because Leia's mom is a Gemini. Yeah. And Very she would always say, oh, you guys are Capricorns. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, astrology and sort of and spiritual culture is a big part of your family life, right? Yeah. I mean, not maybe astrology specifically, but spiritual culture. I feel like the Venn diagram of astrology and spiritual culture. Culture? culture. I love calling it <laughs> spiritual culture. I've never really like heard or used that term before I'm into it. I mean, so can somebody please define for our listeners what we're talking about? <laughs> Astrology? Well, um, so, so tell us, so you've been saying like you have an interesting family. You've been sort of dancing around these things. Yeah, so my mom was married to Sarah's dad from when I was around two and she was apparently seven. <laughs> so that doesn't work. Or I guess they weren't married then, but they were yeah. together. Um, they divorced when I was, I think, 13. You were... 19 I guess yeah that makes 20. sense yeah um and sorry there's a very annoying truck beeping sorry if you can hear hashtag it. New York City did they yeah. meet in the spiritual psychology program they did they met in um a program called insight which is sort of part of part of all of that so Sarah's, Sarah has a different mom but the same dad <laughs> We don't have no. We don't have any of the same. Damn it! Damn it! And then they divorced, and now we're ex. Oh yeah, I I actually (laughs) knew that. I don't even know why I said that. (laughs) But my favorite. It's really interesting because I think that you both look so similar. Yeah. Well, what's really interesting is that Sarah looks exactly like my mom, Mm -hmm. coloring wise. True. Yeah. Yeah. Our family is super fun um, and tangly. My dad is also remarried and I have a half brother um and Sarah obviously has her mom and then our well her dad my ex-stepdad is remarried and we like have had a dinner before with like every single one of those people hanging out <laughs> and it's pretty amicable I'd say and sweet yeah definitely so yeah we we met obviously we were kids and we didn't so I I have first impressions which I don't or I have first memories, I guess, um, which I don't know if you like would have any memory of at all, but I feel like it's like that typical kind of like, I, I feel like I would like, just like be annoying while you were on iChat or AIM. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> actually, I would like hack, I would like try to type stuff while you were trying to AIM with your friends. Sarah, can you remind the people what your AIM screen name was? <laughs> oh, I know. Double click, type and enter with no Thank vowels. <laughs> what was yours, Leah? Did, Mine was perfect one? redhead 28. Of oh, course. Yeah. Perfect. So My birthday. Nice. What was yours again, Sarah? I know you told us before. Double click, type, and enter. Oh, wait. That was literally your name. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> Sarah's so cool. Leah, thank you for remembering that. That means the <laughs> world to me. <laughs> yeah. I would say that, like, I remember that because it feels like our most, like, sibling interaction, because I feel like we, like, Sarah was mostly living with her mom, so we didn't really see each other. We saw each other, like, every other weekend, um, and we were six years apart, so when we were, when I was, like, a kid kid, it was, we weren't, like, really, I would say, that bonded. It was just kind of like, oh, we, like, hang out sometimes. I don't really know you very well, and then when I was, like, a teenager, Sarah said I was a person now, and we started talking more. (laughs) Yeah, I used to. So, so I'll just say at the beginning of our relationship, 
I feel like it was kind of like an annoying little sibling, big sibling <laughs> situation where like there was like a period of time where Leia wanted to like be everywhere that I was. So if I sat in the car, they would be like, no, I want to sit there. And then there was a period of time where it was the opposite where you didn't want to be anywhere near me. <laughs> you probably I don't, don't remember. remember either of those phases. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, and then my sister and I are five and a half years apart. And Did so, you go through that? Yeah. I mean, it's literally the difference of like, I just always think of like a four-year-old and a 10-year-old, like a four-year-old and a 10-year-old don't really want to hang out. <laughs> and it just yeah. never really had that thing where I, I wasn't like, oh my God, my little sister, I'm like so protective of her. I was just like, I don't get like the energy that she's bringing to this. Like I <laughs> heard it go away. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I like, I'm grateful that I like had my connection with you, but I also like in quippy ways, usually describe myself as like growing up an only child. And then like now having siblings as an adult, because we like <laughs> really didn't, or at least in my teens. Um, so yeah. Like, it's just like a, a person who came in and out of my life sometimes. <laughs> Yeah. And I consider myself or I think feel that I grew up as an only child as well. Um, but I feel like we did have certain things like we did do drama, like we did do like plays together at some point. Yeah, like you were like three. Ever play, I was the footman in Cinderella. This is my favorite story. I um, had one line and I made my stepmom go, um, take me to Staples to buy a highlighter for my one line. And she would drive me to freaking Orange County which was far from me like every weekend for the show where I had one line so cute and I was the <laughs> stepmother in that play oh the evil stepmother wow Sarah I mean did you draw anything from real life or <laughs> yeah well Leia's mom always like signs like wicked stepmother at the end of like Does she really because my stepmom signs that on really yeah oh that's she, always, she has like an acronym where she's like your lovingly devoted whatever whatever wicked stepmother and it'll just be like the letters yeah she always writes like wsm um that's so sweet and also so like what lay is talking about about the aim thing is really funny because we also used to have like family chats where like me leia my dad and my and sophie were on aim together and typing were we I feel like we just chatted over like Toontown oh maybe it was Toontown and I would yeah, be so we, because I wasn't able to type fast and they yeah. were adults or teenagers who could so type. we would be like blah, 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 and then Leia would be like responding to things that happened like 10 minutes ago <laughs> <laughs> I remember Toontown you played Toontown <gasps> yeah definitely huge news what do you mean definitely oh I mean, yes, yes, I did. Elsie, no. have you heard of Toontown? <laughs> I've never met anyone else who has played it. Kirsten and her sister, my roommate, um, and her sister played Toontown, and we recently have been playing it with my mom because there's another version of it out now. It's this amazing wow. anti-capitalist, colorful game where you are like a tune in the Mickey, Donald Duck, Daisy, whatever universe, and you... Um, like design your animal shape and colors and all of that and then you um fight cogs who are like loan sharks and lawyers and business people <laughs> and you like throw silly gags at them like pies in the face or like a squirty gun to like kill them and they throw like red tape at you it's maybe so I, good. I'm I sorry know. maybe I never put 
it sounds like really familiar. At least I, I at least know what it is as a game. Um, was it on like the computer, right? Mm-hmm. I'm just Googling it. We should to... all play it. Sure. Yeah, let's play it. I tried to play it on my old computer, but I, I couldn't like download it or something. But I have a new computer now, so I should really get on that. <laughs> get back did it. it did it have like games within it? Like mm-hmm. like the trolley kind of, games, like Neopets in a way. It was probably created as a as a, a rival to Neopets, I imagine, because it's like kind of so similar. Growing up. Did you think about your family as like friends? You know how some families, that's their dynamic where it's like, I'm your mom and I'm also your best friend. And like some families, it's just not like for me, my parents were always my parents. Yeah. My parents are like, I am your mother and father and you listen to what I say. Yeah, that is definitely not my mother. (laughs) That's cool. She's more like a friend. Yeah, more like a friend and more like, I mean, a lot of times it felt like, um, like I was the, the parent sometimes of being like, she'd be like, let's play hooky and be like, mom, I have school. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, she's very much like you're an independent entity and, uh, I will support you as needed. As needed. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah. And I feel like we, I feel like at least in our dynamic of four, the four of us, it was very play, a playful dynamic and we played a lot of games and I mean, yeah. when the four of us were together, I guess it was really like only every other weekend. So I guess that's like actually a really small portion of your... Yeah, I would also say, I mean, I don't know like how real we want to get and I also, I don't know if either of them will listen to this, but like I no, feel like your dad is like such a playful, jokey person and I think my mom is too in a certain extent, but like in my life, I was like, I didn't feel like they didn't like each other, but I didn't feel like they were like romantically into each other. And I would feel like my mom was like constantly being annoyed at him, like making stupid jokes. And he'd be like making like jokes with the kids and he'd be like, oh, okay. And like stealing our food at dinner or whatever, you know? Mm. Yeah, totally. Is that hard to watch where you're like, oh, you should really be more into your husband or... Um, no, I mean, I just have like, um, I like grew up with four parents and they're all extremely different. So it just kind of like is how it is. I don't know if I like really had romantic models, but I definitely had a like super diverse family. Yeah, that's a good point. I definitely didn't have, yeah, I see what you're saying. Like I also never saw them be romantic and had no other romantic models either. Maybe that's why I am the way that I am. (laughs) major breakthrough <laughs> that is why I am not loved right <laughs> in here please um yeah I I think I was trying to think of if there was like any other little kind of things little quirks in our family oh my God, I, mean, yeah, I want to tell a quirk about you me? can I what is it yeah. the shabu shabu story yes <laughs> <laughs> Sarah well, first of all, she was just obsessed with Mexican food and she like only ever wanted to go for Mexican food. It was the first oh, thing. So, which Leia doesn't like. Leia doesn't yeah, like I didn't beans. Like it. I mean, I like it okay, but yeah. Are you, do you like cilantro? No, I hate cilantro. Oh yeah, that's a great like question. Does but it, it doesn't like- taste like soap now. It just tastes bad. Well, yeah. But okay. I also don't like flat parsley and they're really I good. hate I'm a parsley. curly parsley. Curly parsley though is my favorite thing and I just eat it. 
Oh, okay. I had no idea there were different types of parsley. No parsley for me. No parsley is like usually what we have at Passover. It like is like all scrunched and then flat looks like cilantro. But anyway, Shabu Shabu was the best restaurant. It was had like it was a you cook your food place with like the hot water and you would like swirl the meat and the noodles and stuff. Um, and Sarah refused, refused, refused to go eat with us for like. I don't even know because I was a child and I've just been told the story, but like years. And then we finally went, dragged her along, and it because it was for your birthday, so I had and to go. She um, requested to go there every single time she visited, basically. <laughs> <laughs> After that, <laughs> why do you think you loved it so much? It was so tasty. It was so good. I went there once, and because there's one on Sautel. And I did not know what to expect. And it just wasn't what I could have expected. And I haven't been since. I was like, (laughs) you just put this food in water and then that's it. (laughs) So maybe I need to, you know, be enlightened. They, the place that we used to go is closed, but they had this delicious like sesame sauce, which I loved. But Leia, you didn't even eat that sauce, I don't think. No, I just loved it. It had like a not quite soy sauce and it was so good. Yeah. all the memories (laughs) but it is crazy like now that I'm thinking about it you said that our parents got divorced when you were 13 which is I mean really I like feel like I can't even remember anything from before I was 13 (laughs) I mean not real not really but I don't I definitely don't have like a lot of strong memories from yeah I mean I certainly feel like I consider like our relationship was founded like basically after they were divorced for the most part. Yeah. So that was the thing is that I had always said like you become a real person when you turn 14. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you told me that. And then when I turned 15, you're like, okay, but now you're really a person. (laughs) But don't you think that that's like kind of true? (laughs) Sure. I've I've had people in my life say you become a real person when you're like 26. Okay. How old are you? I, that happens to me um, in a month and a half. <laughs> a month and a week. Oh, well, you will be growing a prefrontal cortex, or I guess that's at 25. Your brain yeah. is fully developed. They're oh, prefrontal. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> got it. Frontal. <laughs> What's it like to be told at multiple times that now you're actually, <laughs> today you're, you become a real person? Finally. And you're like, before you're like, what was my experience before then? <laughs> what, who was I if I wasn't a real person? Well, I was a very like um, uppity, mature child slash teen so I felt like I was a person and I was like okay Sarah <laughs> wait so I've that kind of person. sorry Natasha what no, I was, I've been a person <laughs> my impression. a long time um so one of the reasons that I wanted to have you on the podcast is because I feel like you have a very particular relationship with friendship and I know that it's something that you've like very consciously explored and thought about And so I kind of wanted to like hear your thoughts sort of like more generally, obviously not just gonna be like talk about (laughs) friendship. We'll ask you specific questions and things. Um, But, but that is like, I, I just think you have like a lot of really interesting like experience and ideas about it. Um, So I guess what you were just saying is I'm curious to know like what your childhood friendships were like or like you know in in the question of like what does friendship sort of like mean to you and what role has it played in your life um 
did it sort of change over time from when you were a younger kid to like in high school and oh, then for sure, for sure. um so yeah I, guess... I have so many things to say okay um, <laughs> <laughs> perfect right. um oh my god I don't even know where to start okay the main the first thing I wanted to say is like I definitely felt like friendship was like a big like heartbreak situation for me like basically until at like late teens early 20s at least um and I think a big reason for that was that I a lot of times would be um it felt like to me um expecting more or putting more into friendships than what I was receiving and like um like either settling for that or like not knowing how to reframe myself or not knowing how to ask for it like whatever it was just like the disconnect um was sad and hurt um I definitely like early on um had my fair share of bullying I was like a weird like theater kid chubby glasses like reading in the corner um and didn't have a great time I also though was like pretty um like especially in theater but like when I was comfortable with people had a really big personality and so also had issues with like being called bossy or like being like broken up with as a friend because I was like too bossy or whatever and like I'm sure I was at fault in some ways, but also just like young people not knowing how to like deal with <laughs> being a person. Um, so that was definitely hard. I left high school early um, when I was almost 16 to be unschooled. And so that was a intense friendship like experiment, I guess, in that like I, um, I have like one friend from the high school. Like I had when I my school started like seven through 12 and so like my like middle school to high school friends I had like a solid group um but I would say that there's like only one person from that group that I stayed in contact with and like now would still consider a friend um and like pretty instantly after leaving those friends just like evaporated as like we're not in the same world anymore um I had one friend who like was really against my decision to leave school and like wrote me this really intense letter and was like I can't like stand by this which was like really intense um friendship moment sorry um was that going from pardon the the jargon I can only think like mainstream school to unschool yeah so unschooling like isn't really anything established it's different for each person it just basically means not being in school um and yeah that person was not uh into that choice for me and then interestingly dropped out of college so wow what do you know um but yeah so I I was doing children's theater from the time I was like six and so I had um a lot of like a solid group of friends by the time I was a teenager from that world um and that was like probably my main uh social like support system I guess um but also like when even before I left school but especially once I left school I was just like working and so I have always had and like I said earlier is like an uppity mature kid and so I like have always interacted with um adults and older people than me um and felt really comfortable with that but also like had to navigate weird stuff around like not actually being an adult and like being friends with adults and like how that like sometimes like most of them were very kind and like would we would joke around and stuff but it is different and as an adult now I like 
can understand that more. Can I ask you a question about that? Did you feel at the time, like you were like, well, why won't these adults just be my friends? Like regular. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you felt like, oh, we feel equal, but you felt that they, any awkwardness or maybe not awkwardness, but any like, uh, lack of equality came more from their mindset about it. Yeah. Like there were a couple of people, cause I started really working in theater when I was like 17. Um, and there were a couple of people who would be like, Oh, I can't curse around the teenager kind of thing. Um, and that was just like annoying, but I definitely like would feel the difference. I don't know. I mean, there's just like different topics and I definitely that come up when you're in a different phase of life, I guess. Um, and it definitely was like a big, um, I don't know, like thing to work through as a, as in that life phase for me. And I also like now as, I mean, I'm not that old, I'm 25, but like thinking about at teens and adolescents as a time, like I um, work really hard to not forget what that felt like, because I think there's a lot of like infantilizing teenagers and I think it can be really messy and I often err on the side of like their people like basically fully grown but still not you know um and I think that it's important to add more of that like caution and like um navigating like I have as I have worked with teenagers at summer camps that are super lax and like in college with like the younger teens um have like had to navigate that like messy learning of what it means to um actually be kind of on the other side of like a power imbalance and like take that seriously um while also still like honoring teenagers it's interesting because I had you know when I was after college like just after college so in my you know early 20s still I had pretty much all my friends were older than me because we all went we were at um University of Santa Monica together and most everyone was like middle-aged like had kids um but I feel like we were friends and I feel like they did consider me their friend too but I feel like from my end almost more potentially even more than from their end I felt like well this isn't really that satisfying to me because I feel like we can't I can't just like text you and like I couldn't I couldn't get that kind of like more intimate casual relationship with like the older people even though I enjoyed being around them but it was just so obvious that we were like in different phases of life um I don't know I think that I like felt like I wasn't like I knew I wasn't really in the same place but I just really felt like I was basically mm -hmm. um and then it kind of like caught it. Like I always felt like I was like in my mid twenties until I like got to my early twenties. And I was like, what's happening? I don't know anything. Um, so I definitely like felt like I was on the same page and I was like able, and I was like, you know, like, I don't, I never was really like, I've drunk before in my life, but I like was not a person who like partied in any way. And like, just like felt old in some ways, but also just like mature. And like, I'm interested in talking about like the adult things and like having a, a barbecue with my like theater friends or whatever. <laughs> I wonder if like, cause hearing about this and your non, your non-traditional family structure and how your mom was treating you like a person, <laughs> um, like your own yeah, independent entity and that makes, <laughs> yeah, makes me reflect on like my relationship with my parents and how they're very much like you listen to me. 
And, but then of course, like my mom's like, why aren't we friends? Like, why don't you like hang out with me? I'm just like, I mean, you're my mom. Pretty obvious. But I, I feel like it, <laughs> I feel like that colored my interactions with adults. And I've, I've, I've considered my, I consider myself to be or in the past be like a mature kind of person. Like, uh, I see you as my mom. Thank you. <laughs> so I feel like I can re- I could relate or like befriend adults in like work situations once I got into that. I wasn't like a teenager, but a young person and then like an older person. But I also feel like it created this disconnect for me where I'm like, well, I'm like I'm not supposed to like relate to you because you're like kind of like my surrogate parent, you know. Um and I feel like like my job right now there are it's it's a pretty young company but then there are some people that are like my manager or something but he's very like casual with me and I don't really feel like he treats me like his daughter or like like a young person it's like I'm like a person that works with him so that's just really interesting to hear about like your family and and also being unschooled or leaving school I feel like yeah but I think also too like on the same or like the flip side of that token I was like and sometimes I am still very scared of people my own age like I could not Mm -hmm. socialize in like peer to peer situations Mm -hmm. and like um jumping into college was like really overwhelming and ended up finding really great people but um I always like talk about how like my mom's from France and my dad's from Chicago. And so like, I've like traveled a ton um, and I was like traveling alone a lot. And especially when I was unschooled. And so like all of these things that like seem like fancy adventure and like they are in a certain extent and I'm super privileged that I got to do that. But like, that wasn't scary or like outside of my comfort zone to like go to Paris alone and like walk around, but Mm -hmm. like mingling at a party (laughs) was like so scary um it's just like a different set of of I don't know social that is really interesting if you like I'm just I'm sort of comparing it to like romantic endeavors like it can be really hard for someone to find a love match like if you've traveled a bunch and you have like degrees like I don't know if you've had just a little bit more life experience, it can be hard to then also find somebody who has that much life experience that can relate to you on that level. And it seems like you had a lot of life experience from like a really early age. So if like somebody's coming into college at 17 and like has never done their laundry before, you know, and like not saying that you necessarily did your laundry when you were a kid, but it's like, you know, you, you've just, experience so much more it seems like than maybe the average kid that was your age so it's like you're like I don't really know how to relate to you <laughs> yeah. like I'm way past you here. I'm cool. I, not, not, like, not like I'm like I'm gonna I'm a cooler I'm cooler than you or yeah. something but like yeah like who's gonna be your friend match right yeah, yeah. I've been through yeah. it all I've seen <laughs> ups I've seen downs I've just seen <laughs> I live my martini yeah <laughs> You didn't I'm, drink I'm at just, all, I'm but curious. then you just started drinking more. Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious. So that you could say that sentence. <laughs> yeah, I didn't drink it. I just held them. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm curious at what point did you, or like your decision-making into uh, going to college? Cause that seems yeah. like jumping back into the pool of the totally. schooling. It's so, such a different um, choice. Yeah. So I was super lucky that because of my like unschooling, it was never like a 
taken for granted or assumed that I would go to college. Um, and so I, uh, one big part of it is I did this like summer program at Northwestern that was like for rising seniors in high school, um, which I wasn't in school at that time, but that was my like would have been age. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was like, it was a theater program. It was super amazing. And it was also like kind of in a way that like frustrated me because I just like wanted to talk about theater. It was like pretty college focused because it was like, where's everyone going to apply? I'm like, here's what you need to know about theater school. Um, and so like being surrounded in that vibe, like opened up that like door for me, I think a little. And then also, um, I don't know, I, when I went to school, I was framing it more as like, um, I had been working in theater for a couple years and I was like picking up jobs pretty easily and like enjoying myself. But I was just like, I think missing that like social and like intellectual, like, uh, incubator that Mm. I imagined college could be. And like, I was able to actually find that unlike, I think the like incubator I imagine high school to be, I think Mm. is like fake. Like, I think that's like perks of being a wallflower, like, isn't actually how it goes, but like college, I actually do for me, at least it like was that kind of magical identity, like learning stuff, explosion Mm -hmm. place. Um, and I really was just going, um, I was like, I probably still want to work in theater when I get out, but I didn't study theater at all. And I really just wanted to kind of like soak and like learn about the world, learn about myself, learn about other people, connect to people, um, and just like be in that world for four years. Um, and then like be, have that be able to inform the rest of my life. And so it was, uh, it just kind of like at a turning point, I was like, oh, I really do think I want to try this. Um, and I ended up going like the timing of what would have been a gap year. So like was pretty much still in my like peer group though, a little bit older. Um, yeah. And I went to NYU and I went to a program that was, um, it's called Gallatin. It's, uh, school of individualized study. So it was like basically institutional unschooling. Um, you get to make up your own thing. Um, and that was super amazing because I just got to like be excited about everything and like take all of these random classes. That's so cool. Yeah. I'm curious. So one thing that we talk a lot about, um, or I guess we don't talk about it a lot on the podcast, but we talk (laughs) about it a lot in our personal lives is like how like the role that gender plays in our friendships, because I think all of us sort of tend to be mostly friends with women. Um, and yourself, Sarah, I've (laughs) (laughs) like, we don't have, well, we'll say we don't have a lot of or yeah, okay. I will. I, mean, I will I speak for myself. I'm I'm like a cis woman. I'm yeah. quite heterosexual, and every time I try to have a friend with a heterosexual man, it like doesn't work. <laughs> Basically, like there's just always some kind of like sexual energy that ends up creeping in and finds a way to kind of destroy it. And so, yeah. And similarly, like I find it really difficult to be friends with heterosexual men as well. Um, Can I, I think, interrupt? Yeah. Really quick. Cause I find that really interesting because like I visit when I was still a ripe teenager, I visited Sarah and her like college friends. And I feel like your world was like a lot of boys, like more boys than girls. Yes. Great point. So yeah, that is a good point. So yeah, I did have a lot of, uh, male friends in college but like I think over time what I had 
have found is that those friendships didn't last. Um, and, and also over time in sort of reflecting on them. And I, I don't want to like completely generalize, but I would say like the overwhelming majority, it's like, I just sort of started recognizing like they were kind of mean to me or like they weren't really good friends. Like I really loved them and we had a big friend group. So I think having a big like friend web of people who hang out a lot. Um, and you know, mostly we sort of met in the dorms. So we were like around each other a lot. And I had a lot of, you know, female friends who were better maybe at having those friendships with guys. And also they were like kind of dating guys. And then those guys had like friends who were guys. So I think through that, like, experience of just having a lot of friends like I was around a lot of guys but over time those haven't lasted like since then I feel like I find it really difficult like overall in general to like begin and maintain friends with heterosexual men it's not necessarily because they become sexual or something like that but it's just like I just don't like know even how to like relate to them or like communicate with them and I just overwhelmingly am friends with women and yeah with basically straight cis women <laughs> I would say yeah ask you Sarah you yeah. kind of touched on this but for your college friends who were cis men and heterosexual did, mm-hmm. you, did you as you reflect back on those guys did you have crushes on them so some of them like in and out I had crushes on you know I think over time like most of them I had a crush on them at some point over sort of like the six years that we were sort of in contact. Um, But overall, like, no, I would say, I would say at the time of the friendships, no, but you know, there was one guy who like thought that I had a crush on him and then that made him be like really weird around me. And he like actually stopped talking to me for like months. Um, And it got really weird after we were like extremely close when we were like studying abroad so could be things like that or just like you know I don't know like it's just a it's just it's something that has played a a huge role like I'm just very aware of like how gendered my friendships are and like the role that gender plays gender and sexuality (sighs) yeah possibly I feel like I don't I'm not as like a wit conscious of the way that sexuality place it's not like I have like I will say I was um very surprised I don't really know like the full details of your friends maybe some of them were bi but I was extremely surprised that you're like all of your art school giant (laughs) group of friends none of them seem to be queer at all I know I went to I went to NYU like the queerest school of all and like (laughs) made no queer friends (laughs) artists are just like artists are straight it's just the way it goes (laughs) this is my world I represent the world (laughs) I mean I made friends with I don't know it's such a it's such an interesting thing right because it's like sometimes these things are like subconscious and and so like subconsciously purposeful I would say and maybe like it's hard to tell like what is that and what is like circumstance like I was friends only with people who I lived with essentially and it seems like that is just like happens to be the way that it like played you know like I wasn't in any 
I didn't do any extracurricular activities at all. Um, I'm trying, I'm just, now I'm just like thinking, I'm like, did I have, like, literally, did I have any like queer friends at NYU? But I think we found like the one group of like all cis hetero peeps and <laughs> hung out together somehow. together. I don't know. I mean, so Leia, I mean, if you're, if you're willing to, to sort of talk about it, like how has that, if, if at all, like played out in your life, these ideas of gender and sexuality and friendship? Hell yeah. That's my favorite topic. Um, Sorry, yeah, it took us it was, so long to get to it. <laughs> that's okay. Um, yeah, no, I mean, like I barely met a straight person at NYU for sure. Um, <laughs> or even You're a sister. quarter the hetero market. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah so I mean there's like so many ways to take it there's like my own personal social world which is like extremely intertwined with my like intellectual academic theory interests in like queerness and queer kinship and all of that um and that's like what I studied and that's like what I was living in college and also since then um so I love nerding out about it but um yeah I mean the thing the main thing so I am ace sort of asexual um and I'm also polyamorous and like the way that those two things um manifest or like are inter I think that there's a big Venn diagram between those two communities um and it has basically everything to do with friendship and just like how you interact with people um and so I um I yeah, I like always describe it as I have this like bubble energy of like excitement for people. And that could be like a teacher that I'm like nerdily obsessed with or like a person I like think is really hot or like whatever it is, like just like excited about you. Um, and I have had to like learn like how to, cause for me, it doesn't always make sense. This like continuum that seems to make sense to everyone else between like acquaintance and friend and like crush and romance and whatever, like that um, I think has like become clearer partially through like existing in the world and like partially just because like it has, but um, in general have a hard time with that distinction. And so I usually kind of like take that read off of like other people and like, I'm like really into physical touch, but also like have a lot of social anxiety. And so I'm always kind of like uh, balancing those and like uh, taking the lead from other people. Um, but also uh, a big part of my work when I was in school was talking about um, the word friend, actually. And I, I gave this like talk about it. I can send it to y'all's uh, yeah. content <laughs> to, awesome. to think about for Thank your you. friendship stuff. But we had like a like a senior TED talk style thing and I gave one. Um, and the main thing that I was interested in is there's this like, I'm going to talk about Nietzsche for a second. He has this like a. Uh, like thought or this uh, piece about how like words are concepts um, and they like necessarily erase specificity. So like if you think about his example, he uses his leaf. And if you think about a leaf, that word, it could mean like the million leaves that are on a single tree it could mean like the leaf of a maple, elm, oak, whatever. It's just like so many different objects are called this one word leaf. And like that is really um like the harmful erasure of like everything that exists but it also is like super helpful in like when I say leaf you kind of know what I mean right um yeah. and so like taking that metaphor and like thinking about all of these like more loaded words like friend or like mm -hmm. lover or whatever it is mm -hmm. um 
but specifically friend really interests me and like thinking about how much of like my personal heartbreak and like heartbreak I've heard from my friends and other people, sorry, about um, like, I had these two friends, this was an example I used in that talk who like, uh, one of the friends just like really needed to like unplug from the world for like a month and like didn't tell anyone where they were like, didn't even know they were in the same city, like just uh, escaped. And one person was like you're my best friend um was like really hurt that they were not like told or like looped into that information and the other person was like no a friend to me like gives me that space and so like knowing like what friend means to you um is something that I think is like extremely valuable to spend time both like knowing for yourself but also like talking about with other people um, or rather with the people that you're friends with and like figuring that out and not being like necessarily sit down on your, like the first day you meet and be like, okay, here's what friend means. And like, here's what we're going to do. Cause it doesn't have to be that, um, like rigid and formal, but just like being able to, um, be honest. And also I think part of like, I mentioned earlier that like heartbreak I had around expectations and something that has been like a big process for me over time is like really valuing different kinds of friends. Like I don't need every friend to like know all of my day-to-day secrets and like cry with me or whatever. Like I really don't actually want that from like that many people. That sounds exhausting, right? To like hold that. Um, And so like, I have so many like camp friends who I like will send a postcard to like once every other year or whatever, and like hold them and like see them at camp. And that like is more than enough. Um, And so just like really, holding all of those different kinds of people and like even if we don't talk about it like I know in myself um how I view those different people and I like if I'm getting what I need somewhere across the map which is like a very polyamorous thing um then I don't need all of that from you right Mm -hmm. um and like I would do this fun exercise like every six months or so especially when I was in college where I would like draw a heart map I'd put a little heart and I would like draw the people that like mattered to me um in that time and I would like color code it with like these are my like pen pal people these are my like people who I see when I'm in LA and like these are my like family close connections and just like map all of that and like see how it changes over time and like actually be pretty okay with that and not need to like um hold on to everyone forever that's so cool but I didn't talk about queerness really at all. Um, <laughs> no. so, that's okay. um, that's a super quick question. Yeah. Uh, like totally. Cause you were talking a lot about, um, and there's like, so much amazing stuff there. So thank you so much. Um, but you talked about making sure that you get what you need from certain friends and, but also that sort of, um, dichotomy of like, we don't, we just, I kind of like know how, what everyone means to me, but then also we kind of need to like talk about what it is. Right. So Mm -hmm. have you ever had any situations where you felt like people weren't getting enough from you out of a friendship or weren't getting enough from me? Yeah. Ooh, yeah. You know, Um, sort of, you've had to have like a, yeah, like a talk about defining the friendship and what friendship means to someone else versus what it means to you. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, like something I have been dealing with like more and more slowly over time, the past, like, I don't know, five, six years, like basically starting in college is like really 
rising relationship to anxiety and depression and like the way that manifests socially especially um and I think that like like I grew up in theater and so I have this like relationship to punctuality that also has like slipped and like end up being late and then feel guilty and like all that kind of stuff like I have found myself in kind of like ghosty friendship relationships with people where I like want to or I do care about the person and I like want to be responsive in a certain way but then I like get overwhelmed about like what they how they see me or whatever and I just like um have sometimes in certain friendships like isolated myself from that or like been kind of shitty I would say um as opposed to like facing that like uh uncertain mess or whatever um that I was feeling and I definitely have like been exploring that and there's like one friend in particular who like um was like a, a senior or junior when I was a freshman and we like um became friends through slam poetry club um and have had like a really nice relationship over time but like also I think this is the person I was like most ghosty towards and I like um and they have worked really hard on their own personal like growth and boundaries and stuff and so like we're able to be really honest and open with me and like kind of push not push me but like open up those conversations before like I really knew how to do that um and so I'm really grateful to them for that um and like now we're in a really really great place and like have a much better sense of um because I think also I have like uh there's this song in a musical um that's called the like god why don't you love me blues or something like that that's like a very like showbiz follies number um and it's just this like guy who's cheating on his wife and he's like singing about how he's he's like um like oh god I love you so much and now you hate me and then like oh now you're clingy and I hate you kind of vibe and like very like dysfunctional neurotic but like a little bit of that push and pull where like um sometimes I think I get really scared around like positive attention whether that's romantic or friend wise and so I'll like be my ghostiest and shittiest if like someone seems to have more uh like energy towards me than I have for them Hmm. I really love the idea of having a conversation with a friend or a prospective friend of like what does friendship mean to you (laughs) that's fascinating it reminds me like we're so quick to be like, oh, you're my boyfriend or you're my girlfriend. And I've always wanted to have that kind of, like, if anybody ever wants to be my boyfriend again, I'm going to have that talk. That's like, what does that mean to you? Like, here's what I think it means. Yeah, it's interesting because I feel like that conversation is pretty normalized for mm-hmm. like romantic couples, but not as normalized for friends. And I also feel like some of the things and like anxieties you're talking about, <laughs> like, I really recognize that even those like those kinds of anxieties are like very gendered for me. Like I'll have more with men than I do with women or well with, I should say like heterosexual men. I think that's where sexuality really comes into play. Um, I feel a lot more comfortable with yeah. like gay men and women. I think also like on that note directly, um, that's what's like so beautiful and so messy about like queer kinship and queer friendship is like the table is open you know like there's like so many options of how you can relate to like for me like anyone basically um and I like have crushes on everyone I meet like that Tina Belcher um (laughs) 
vibe. Um, and so like, it's, it's really easy to like imagine that with like anyone you meet. Um, and so like, and also, um, just in general, everything is like slightly off of the like mainstream narrative. And so like the, like, that doesn't mean you don't do the things that are on the mainstream narrative, but it like just is more, um, uh, intentional or like it can be more intentional um to like have those conversations and to like figure out what you need and like be uh really thinking about friends as family and like queer family as a concept um which obviously is like super loaded often with like birth family maybe not being so good um in those contexts but yeah that's like another my there's like the leaf thing and then my other like main agenda um, to talk about in these kind of conversations is always like, um, I really believe that like marginalized people and like I specifically look at it through um, queerness and through gender and sexuality, but like, I think this um, comes up across different like identity categories, but um, I really think that um, when you are like queer in some way that means that you're like something like didn't fit with the that mainstream narrative right like something about it felt like really wrong and that could be a really painful could be a fatal like situation for that to like not be aligned right but um you I think it's such a like blessing and a gift to like be shoved off of that narrative because I actually don't think that narrative fully fits anyone um and so like even if you're like, end up actually being like, oh, I am, I think a woman and I do actually want to be with men. Like that, that perfect little media narrative, I think isn't accurate either. And so like, because queer people are like pushed off of that, they are forced to maybe are given the gift to like grapple with all of that and like come up with their own answers. And that doesn't mean that it's like fun or easy, but it also like really is fun and easy and cool and beautiful sometimes. Um, and I'm just like, stoked to like do all I can to like bring everyone on that grappling journey I actually just got a grappling hook tattoo for that reason oh wow cool, cool. I can't show it at this angle but and is yeah, that is that something thing. that you find is like in some ways and maybe <clears throat> I, I you went to you know I know a lot of the the queer folks that you're well actually I don't know but I assumed that a lot of the queer folks that you have like met recently are from college too and so you guys have been kind of academically grappling with this stuff as well as like personally which might not be the case for everyone but um do you find that it's more sort of like assumed and more normalized to have these conversations like in queer communities um so you can kind of assume like okay if I want to like have like a deep conversation about like what friendship means like this other person is probably going to be down like is that how is that how you feel or um I mean, I don't really like assume it. They're definitely like, I'm cool queer people who like don't want to like talk about their feelings <laughs> and like don't want to put labels. And like, there's like, I think obviously there's a million ways to be a queer or to be queer or to be a person, but like there's kind of like camps of like really love nerding out about labels and like talking about the shit. And then people who are like, I just like, like who I like and I like don't care, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and like those people might not want to talk about it, but um definitely have had many of these conversations with with people and also like I'm eager to have more but like sometimes it's a hard barrier to be like hey let's like really talk about personal stuff if you're like that door it's hard to open if you're not like in a context to do it yeah yeah it's I feel like as you're talking about this I'm really like 
you know, just kind of mapping it onto my different friendship experiences. And I think especially like, you know, with this thing of like heterosexual men of, it feels not okay to have these kind of conversations. It always feels like if I want to have a conversation about our relationship with a heterosexual man, it's always interpreted as an attempt to like define a relationship in a romantic way. There's not mm-hmm. a lot of room I've found in my own experience of just acknowledging and exploring the gray area of what a friendship can mean. And I even experience it with from friends, like when I have like a male friend, it's always the question, oh, but do you like him? Are you just fooling yourself and you actually like him? Like even just recently, someone said, you know, something like that to me where they I were just, just asked like, that about your college friends. <laughs> you what? I just asked that about your college oh, friends. Oh yeah. You just Did asked you? that about my college friends. Someone else asked it recently. They were like, you know, I was saying like, oh, it was a person I liked him. And, you know, I just didn't really know, like they were talking about a committed relationship. I didn't feel like I was in that place. And they were like, oh, you were lying to yourself. You know, there's just this assumption of you want to be in a committed relationship. You want to be in a monogamous relationship. If it's a heterosexual guy, you must be attracted to him. You must want something. There isn't yeah. that space, that grayscale space. Which... Of, uh, heterosexuality is a trip. <laughs> <laughs> And it's so, I feel like I've attempted in, in many, or not in many instances, in the few instances in which I've spoken to a heterosexual man um, at all. <laughs> I've seen it. I've witnessed it. It's happened. <laughs> Trying to kind of like get, gauge that. Unless, you know, there's certain people who it's like, okay, we're clearly platonic. Neither of us are like, have any sort of attraction to each other. Like that can happen too. But if there's like any smidgen of like maybe something, then it just becomes the extremes like you have to kind of fit yourself into an extreme or that's like seems to be the expectation it's really hard to start conversations I've found I'm I'm gonna say I mean do you have any sort of advice for how to start a conversation (laughs) like that I don't know I mean I was just thinking about how like do you actually have a couple of straight male friends um and how like I don't know. I think there's something like one of my closest people I met at camp, actually like all of my camp, my camp is like overrun by like super open-hearted straight boys. Um, but, um, there's this one man that I'm friends with. And, um, I think there's just like something to the fact of like, I am so like sappy, affectionate, like full-hearted throw myself into that situation especially like I can't but in general um that like I don't know and I also I'm like chubbier I like think that I'm like cool and attractive in a certain way but like also I'm not like you know like a hot girl right so like I think um my like take on it has been that like I don't think that I'm a very like threatening presence in a certain in that like dynamic where it's just kind of like and especially as I've advocated more for like my non-binary identity and like pronouns and stuff is that I like just through unapologetically showing up in that way like people um I think like if I'm loving on you like it doesn't feel as weird to love on me back kind of thing um also what I'm hearing you say is like you're kind of putting yourself first is you're yeah. saying like I'm showing up for myself and my identity and also for like what I need so it's almost like if you are sure. if going to a conversation like knowing like kind of putting yourself first and not being like intimidated by the other person or worried about what the other person's gonna say 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's more like I am so down to like give a platonic valentine to like everyone I work with who is straight or not straight, man or not man, whatever. And like, just give all of that out there. And then like, because it's to everyone, like because it's so dispersed, like it's not, I don't know, maybe this isn't like helpful. Like it's not really advice, but um, I just like find that like through um, really broadening my like affection circles and like really standing for like I'm really into the idea that like it's cool to care about people and like care about stuff and like show your emotions and you spread love yeah and I think also like I know we're trying to wrap up soon so I won't dive into a whole nother spiel but um I think like in certain ways that I'm really think it's beautiful and I love that about myself but I also think it like can be ways for me to like hide from like making certain kind of connections with people like actually deeper when it's easier just to be like oh like if I'm just loving on everyone it doesn't matter if you like respond to it um and like reciprocate it yeah yeah that's fascinating this has been awesome thank you so much for for joining in last minute (laughs) I I knew this conversation was going to be amazing and it exceeded my expectations I feel like I learned a lot and have a lot to chew on and I could talk to you about this forever and maybe I will yeah I wish yeah you you should definitely (laughs) come back our family yeah (laughs) sorry if I had some uh vocal fry I've been customer servicing all day so my throat's a little okay (laughs) vocal fry is cool and our ASMR listeners love it Uh, well, thanks everyone for listening. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at the Nosh Podcast. You can also send us a deeply personal email, uh, the Nosh Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, if you like what you hear, then we'd love for you to leave a review on the podcast app. And um, yeah, other than that, I'll Rhea, see. Do you have anything that you want people to listen oh, yeah. to or watch? Ooh. Um, I'll plug an outdated thing from myself, um, which is related, I think, to all these topics. I have a podcast that I haven't updated in a while because it's just kind of like a passion project that I come in and out of. Um, but it's just me talking to queer friends about what it feels like to look or not look queer. Um, and like all of that social, physical, emotional dynamics in that. Um, and that's called looking, feeling, queering. It's on all the pod places looking feeling queering that's great um we'll see see you all in the group chat you can always count on me and i can count on you good times bad times in between my friends will see me through say hello to your friends the nosh podcast say hello to the Nosh Podcast. Cause you know that your friends are